Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 400. We did it, Fire Nation. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. Walker Corporate Law recognizes that entrepreneurs are a special breed with special needs. That's why they're always available and pride themselves on responsiveness and a passion for practicing law. Contact the founder, Scott, at walkercorporatelaw.com. Audiobooks.com has over 40,000 titles, and you can preview as many of them as you'd like for free. Head over there today and get your first book for free as well at audiobooks.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Sally Hogshead. Sally, are you prepared to ignite? John, I am ready to ignite. I've got a whole bucket of kerosene here for us. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sally is the world's authority on the science of fascination. Based on her studies of over 200,000 people, her company developed the very first methodology to actually measure your personal brands named the Fascination Advantage. And Sally, I've given Fire Nation just a tiny overview and we really want to get to know you. So take a minute. Tell us about you. Tell us about your business. Sure. My business studies how the world sees you. The name of my company is Fascinate, and we study what makes entrepreneurs fascinating to their clients. Have you ever done a personality test, John, like Myers-Briggs, StrengthsFinder, Disc, Colby? I've done them all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these tests are great because they give us a way to evaluate how we see the world. They're based on psychology and they, they give us a metric for measuring how we see the world. But in the marketplace, as things become more competitive and crowded and distracted and commoditized, it doesn't really matter how you see the world. What really matters as an entrepreneur is how does the world see you? How does your prospect see you, your customer, your client, your employees? How do people see you? And what's the best of that that you can apply to build your business around it? Well, Fire Nation, I think that you know you're going to have to hold on to your seats. There is a reason why Sally is number 400. She is the 400th interview of Entrepreneur on Fire. I saw her speak at Social Media Marketing World in front of thousands of people. And let me tell you, she fascinated each and every individual. And I have been trying to get her on Entrepreneur on Fire ever since. So this is such a great day for me and for Fire Nation for you as well, because she's going to blow us out of the water. And Sally... You've done a little bit of homework. You know a little bit of the structure of Entrepreneur on Fire. And you know we start with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Yeah, John, here's my quote. You don't have to change who you are. You have to become more of who you are. So if you want to become successful as an entrepreneur, you don't have to change a single thing about you. You don't have to change, but you do have to identify what are those key advantages that you have and how can you amplify that? How can you articulate that to your client and to your customer so they're, they're, they're ravenous to work with you? Success is not about changing who you are. It's about identifying those parts and becoming more of who that is. And how did Sally do that at some point in her life? Well, I'll tell you a story that was... Actually, a, a, a real low point in my life. Okay. Um, there was a period as an entrepreneur where I struggled a lot. And I, 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 it was right around 
2008, 2009, when the economy tanked and I had to, I had to lay off a bunch of my staff, um, my, my client base shrunk. And I found that um, I, one of the best ways for me to keep my business afloat was to be doing speaking. So I would, I would go into companies and I would do training and teaching. But my fee was only about $3,000. Now, $3,000 is a lot of money. But the problem was in order for me to keep my business going and, and keep my family afloat, I had to travel all the time. So I was on the road constantly and I was exhausted. And it felt like even though I was putting my heart and soul into the company, I, was, I, I, I couldn't seem to get ahead. And I realized that I need to take a step back because I just I couldn't sustain this. I couldn't sustain that amount of work. And I had had little kids that I wasn't seeing and I needed to be home with them. So I took a step back and I realized what are, what are my core advantages that I have? You know, I, I wasn't a best-selling author at that point. I, I, I wasn't as well-known as some other speakers. I wasn't the pet, you know, the one that all the meeting planners called. I wasn't the most specialized. But I realized that I had a way that I could connect with my audience. And so my kids and I made a, a, a mailing package that we sent out. Um, we made 100 of these mailing packages and in each one, I, I sent it personally to, the, to a decision maker, a meeting planner, a CEO, or somebody who had the power to hire me and write the check. And I, in, instead of talking about myself in this package, I described the person to themselves. I described how the world sees them. I went online. I looked at their social media profiles. I looked up their recommendations. Um, I carefully researched each one of these people. So the package was about how the world sees you. So I wasn't just talking about my topic, I was actually doing, I was delivering my topic to them. My, I told my kids that was we were mailing out this package that one of them had a golden ticket inside. One of these would be the one that would crack things open and give us give us the um the, the breakthrough that we needed the to Willy Wonka bar. Yeah, exactly. So we lined up the boxes, we sent them out on a Tuesday. And by Friday, I had booked so much business. My entire next year was completely filled. My calendar was totally booked. My speaking fee went up a thousand percent. So within two years, I, I grew my business by well over seven figures simply by coming back to who I am. I stopped trying to change who I was for my, for my audience and for decision makers. And instead, I identified who I am at the core. And, uh, and, and, and built my business around that. So the, my takeaway from my own lesson that I want to share with every entrepreneur is the greatest value that you can add is to become more of yourself. Sally, that is so powerful in so many different ways. And just like you said in the intro, you did not hesitate. You took that kerosene, you poured it all around, you dropped that match right here at the top. And this place is on fire. And we're going to continue to use these great stories that you have because you have such a great way of sharing them as we move forward in your journey towards that fascination piece that I just can't wait to reach. So I want to talk about another time in your journey when you truly failed, when you really faced a major obstacle or a challenge that you really had to dig deep to overcome, Sally, because so many of the listeners right now are at that point and they need to hear from somebody like you who overcame that and now is thriving because of who they are. So share that story with us. Really take us there, Sally, and tell us the lessons you learned from it. Sure. I grew up in a very unusual family. 
in my family <laughs> when when uh, when I was seven years old, my sister was the number one ranked swimmer in the world. Wow! She she literally was in the Guinness Book of World Records, and um, and then she went on to the Olympics and she won three gold medals and a silver in the Olympics in in 1984. Remember this, John? Um, Los Angeles, 1984, Nancy Hogshead swimming. So um, she was she was a phenom. When I was also when I was seven, my brother went to Harvard. So there I was, I was seven years old. And you know, this is the moment when I think I became an entrepreneur because I was looking at my brother and my sister and I was thinking, okay, uh, I can't do athletics. I can't do academics. Those trees have been peed on. (laughs) What can I do? And that's really, that's the, that's the entrepreneurial spark that helps us in our careers is that we feel as though we're an underdog in some way or we have to find a niche. So in my case, you know, I wasn't going to do athletics. I wasn't going to do academics. So I did marketing, which is what you do when you don't have athletics. Or <laughs> academics. And, uh, and so I, I, went, I went full on into, into, into advertising and I opened up my first advertising agency when I was 27 and I had um, major national clients. I did television commercials for brands like Nike and Coca-Cola and Mini Cooper and Ikea. And, um, and I loved advertising, but I, but I didn't feel fulfilled as an entrepreneur and I felt as though um, the I, I, I it, at the age of 35, I felt like I was having a midlife crisis that I wanted to reinvent my career. And I, um, and so I, I wrote a book named Fascinate, Your Seven Triggers to Persuasion and Captivation. And when Fascinate came out, Fascinate is all about how do you make brands and companies more fascinating to attract more business. And, um, and there's this three-month period when you write a book that you turn in the manuscript and then it kind of goes dead silence while the, the publisher is getting the text lined up and the books are printed and the books are getting shipped over and the books are going on trucks out to bookstores. And it's this really eerie, weird eye of the storm as an author, because you're detached from your material during, after, after just having given birth to it. And during this time, I thought, well, what could I be doing? And so I, I created a kind of a personality assessment so that people could understand what makes them fascinating. And whereas the book was about brands, this assessment that I did was based on market research of a thousand people around the country about um, what, what makes somebody captivating in that first impression. Why, what, how, how do you attract the clients that are going to want to hire you for who you naturally are so that you're, it's, you, you're not a commodity, you're highly differentiated, that you can become the, the most valuable you, adding the highest and most distinct value. And so the book came out, and, and the, the book was successful, but the book was very much about branding for companies, but it was the personality assessment that created this amazing pivot in my career, because the personality assessment took off more than the book did. And what I found was everybody would come up to me and say, okay, I understand how you can help me make my, my company fascinating, my small business, but talk to me about me. What <laughs> yeah. makes me fascinating? And so we took this algorithm and we built it out into its own business. And it had originally started as a sub-business. In other words, it was it was just kind of a, a pet project, but that pet project grew into the whole um, um, foundational core of my business. And now we've assessed 200,000 people, our clients have included AT&T and GE and Cisco and Qualcomm, where we're being used in um, hundreds and hundreds of, of small businesses around the country with entrepreneurs with, through, through JVs and partnerships. We've worked with um, EO and, and uh, GKIC and, and Jeffrey Gittimer's group. And um, uh, uh, we specialize now in high-end entrepreneurs who, really, who want to have a company that's built around their core personality advantages. And it never would have happened if I hadn't been 
open-minded about uh, pivoting my company, even though I had greatly invested in building my company as an advertising agency, that we needed to shift over and find out how do we do the same thing for people that we used to be doing for companies and help people understand what is their highest and best use to be able to attract the business that they want. See, Sally, I love your use of the word pivot because we've actually had the pivot man himself, Eric Reese, on the show to talk about his book, The Lean Startup, and the importance of just getting that product out there and then getting feedback from your customers from that avatar and then being willing to pivot. And that's what you were able to do with your fascination advantage and all these different things. And I've done it at Entrepreneur on Fire as well. When I launched this company, I didn't know that I was going to be leading a massive community of podcasters less than a year later which we're now doing with Podcasters Paradise, which is just a community for podcasting. I had no idea, but that's what I heard from my audience and I pivoted. And in the pre-interview, Sally, we talked really briefly about this fascination and the actual studies you've done. And obviously, I've taken the test because I was in the audience while you were sharing this amazing creation that you have. And I think this would be an amazing opportunity for you on Entrepreneur on Fire to deconstruct me knowing what my actual fascination is, which is maestro. Yes. So, John, let's, let, let me share a little bit of background about, about yes. what this means. Every personality has two triggers, two ways that you're most likely to trigger a response in your listeners. So they're not just interested in what you're saying. They become intensely focused on what you're saying. When you're successfully fascinating somebody, they're only thinking about you. They're not thinking about their to-do list or their inbox or their Twitter stream. They're only thinking about you and your message. And it's in this moment that their brain opens up and they, they become captivated almost like they're falling in love. They stop being cynical. They stop being skeptical. And the way in which your personality is most likely to, to reach this neurological state of fascination with people the way you are most likely to do it is through two triggers. We learned this when you did the assessment, the fascination advantage. The number one way that you are going to be likely to, to fascinate your listener and create this instant connection is through the power trigger. Power is about authority and control. It's the strength of leadership. So when we think about, when we think about entrepreneurs on fire, when we think about the community that you've built, you are a natural leader. You're the alpha of the pack. And people are fascinated by you because you come in with such a strong point of view. You're not afraid to share your opinions and you give a, you, you stand for something. The second way that you are most likely to fascinate people is through the trigger that I call prestige. Prestige is about higher standards. It's about pushing up to the next level. How can you do things better, faster, smarter? How can you not be satisfied with the status quo and instead refuse mediocrity, not want to do the same way that it's been done before, but instead think, how do we tweak the game constantly to improve? So when you combine these two triggers, this means the way that you are most likely to fascinate people, John, is through the archetype that I call the maestro. The maestro, if you think of a maestro standing in front of the room, they're leading the orchestra. They're directing where things are going. They're, they're constantly pushing the group to achieve a better goal. This means that the way that you add value to us as your listeners and as your community is that you lead us into looking at our own lives and our own businesses and think, how can we improve? How do I push? my game to the next level so that I'm not doing it the same way as I was yesterday. But you show us 
the people that we can learn from to take the best of the best, the creme de la creme, and apply that to our own business. Now, that's how you fascinate. The way I fascinate is different. And the way our listeners fascinate is different still. There are 49 different archetypes. And each archetype has a specific competitive advantage as an entrepreneur. There's no one right way to do it. Archetypes can be all over the board. There's the change agent, which is a big, creative, bold, visionary thinker. There's the ringleader, who's a a, a motivating, stand-in-front-of-the-crowd type of uh, cheerleader that gets the crowd going. But there's also the wise owl and the beloved and the authentic, the provocateur, the avant-garde. All of these different archetypes, each one of them has a specific advantage. And when you understand what your advantage is, you can leverage that. So instead of building your business around the, the, uh, the flavor du jour of a business model or instead of trying to chase the latest information product or social media platform, instead you can build it around your own North Star, identifying who you are at that core level. Remember what we said at the very beginning, you don't have to change who you are, you have to become more of who you are. I'm almost speechless right now and Fire Nation knows, Sally, that does not happen often because when you're talking (laughs) about the maestro and you're saying these things, I mean, I can apply all these things to different points in my life. I mean, for so long, I wasn't acting as an authentic maestro and my business and my life suffered because of it. But when I did take the reins of Entrepreneur on Fire and I said, you know what? Nobody's doing a daily podcast that's interviewing entrepreneurs on a daily level. I'm going to do that because it's different and I know I can make it happen. And when I said, I'm going to launch Fire Nation Elite, which is a membership mastermind and lead these hundreds of people forward in their entrepreneurship duties, I had no idea the response and people flocked to that standard, Sally. And I can see that now. And it's so fascinating for me that it wasn't until I actually started living that fascination advantage and being authentic with myself that I started having this kind of success that we're now having at Entrepreneur on Fire. And I want to put a little bit of a douse on this flame for a second here because I could just keep going because I'm so enthralled with all of this. But there's an other end of the spectrum too. And I just want to know like, what things do I have to stay away from? Like, What things do I need to avoid to remain fascinating? Ah, that's a great question. It's so important for all of us to know our blind spots. First of all, it's almost impossible to know these blind spots, what I call pitfalls. If you only look at how you see the world, what you really need to do to, to, to see where your personality could potentially go off the tracks is to understand how the world sees you. So how the world sees you, John, as the maestro is you are ambitious, you're competitive, you're admired, you're focused. <clears throat> you're going to be most successful when you can you see the goal very clearly you know one two three four you see that goal well if you that's your advantage. When you get so focused on your advantage, when you play that strong suit too hard, then it means it can become a disadvantage. The way that your personality could potentially get off track is if you become so goal-focused that you lose sight of the steps along the way. Uh, Sometimes maestros, they're so powerful. They have that primary power trigger and that secondary prestige trigger, and they're so focused on hunt the deer, hunt the deer, hunt the deer, that sometimes they can lose sight of their team or of the process or of quality of life and they become so immersed in seeing how do they raise the game, how do they push to that next level that they can burn themselves out. 
and when we when my company fascinate when we when we go inside of organizations that have um, very elite leadership programs, Fortune 100 companies where the best of the best are assembled from around the world, they have a high percentage of the power trigger and the prestige trigger because these are the, these are symbolic of leadership. However, sometimes the company culture can become brittle. People can become demoralized. They become so competitive that um, that, that that the company culture starts to erode. So it's important for us to surround ourselves with people who use different triggers. For example, I hire for three triggers. The three triggers that I hire for in the fascination system are trust, people who are going to be very consistent, stable, um, not, not that entrepreneurial up-down chaos adrenaline burst, but rather people who are just going to be slow and steady. Because I know that if we want to do things like send out invoices and get spreadsheets done, <laughs> that we can't just go on my strength. See here. My fascination advantage, in other words, the highest value that I can deliver I'm the catalyst. The catalyst has primary passion, secondary rebellion. uh, Catalysts, if if you think of a catalyst from science, it's it's a starting agent for something. So I'm really good at starting things. This is why I love um, creating big programs, seeing new ways of doing things, being out of the box in, in the way in which I do it. But I'm also very clear. The pitfall for the catalyst is that sometimes we can become erratic because we're so good at multitasking. We don't like black, white, absolutes. Instead, we like to explore. We like to discover things. So it's crucial for me as I grow my business to know that I need to optimize my advantages as a leader, by, not by replicating myself, but by bringing in people who have different advantages, people who are going to be rational and linear and methodical and organized so that I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to get in the weeds. And instead, I can focus on the highest value that I can deliver to people by being a catalyst. So Sally, we're going to bring this up over and over again throughout the rest of this interview because I think it's so important for people at every stage of this interview to really know where they can find their fascination advantage. So can you just share a link for the listeners right now? And again, we're going to come back to it. It's going to be on the show notes page, but I want people at this stage in the interview to already have a grasp of where this can be gathered at. Ah, great. I love that question. You can do the assessment yourself at howtofascinate.com howtofascinate.com. And uh, the, the assessment lives there. It's a, once you take the assessment, it only takes two or three minutes. And we've been perfecting this, the, the, this algorithm to the point that now when you, when you get your report, it'll show you how you compare to the average population of 200,000 others who've taken the assessment. About half of those are entrepreneurs. And um, so you get a 15-page analysis of uh, your advantages when you first meet somebody. What are, your, what are your top five competitive advantages that you can always go to? That strong suit, that specialty that helps you add value differently than everybody else. And we talk about pitfalls. As we talked about, um, John, with you, right. uh, with, with power and prestige, your pitfall might be that sometimes you, you're so good at pursuing goals that you can do that to the exclusion of other things. For me, I'm so good at coming up with new ideas that I can be perceived as erratic or I can become distracted. Every archetype has an advantage that when you can lean into that and own it, you can build your whole company around it to not only drive more revenue, but to get the satisfaction that we're all looking for as entrepreneurs. We want to be fulfilled. We want our companies 
to, to feed us heart and soul, to feel like what we're doing matters and to be able to contribute at the highest level. And the way to do that is to understand how do you build your whole business around your core personality advantage. So Sally, Fire Nation, I can promise you, was nodding their heads up and down when you were talking about my pitfalls and talking about focus because (laughs) they know without a doubt, and I receive emails daily about this, that my favorite word is focus. And I have an acronym for that, which is follow one course until success. There are very few episodes that go by that I don't utilize that acronym. And it is such a pitfall for me because you're so right. Sometimes I get so dialed in on exactly that focus that I have for that day, for that week, for that month that other things around me just slip on by. And so that is an absolute pitfall. And the fact that I'm aware of that helps me out. And the fact that, just like you said, I surround myself, my team, with people in the fascination advantage that I need to fill in those gaps that I have in my pitfalls is so critical. And that's why few things do fall through the cracks here, not because of me, but because of the team that I've built. And and one thing I want to share, Sally, because I'm so impressed by this, and it's a little bit off topic, but it's so important for the listeners, Guys, Fire Nation, you always ask me about autoresponder sequences and email follow-ups, etc. If you want to see the best autoresponder sequence I've ever encountered in my life, sign up for Sally's autoresponder list because it is unbelievable. The professionalism, every email that comes in, the title, the subject line, the content within, you can't not open this email and completely engage yourself with it. And I just look forward to them. And sometimes I'm like, wait a second, it's, it's not coming. What, what happened to the one this week? <laughs> and, and then I know you're doing it on purpose, Sally. And then it comes, I'm like, yes, finally. And then I open it and it's amazing. So if for nothing else, sign up to study this amazing autoresponder sequence. Sally, I just want to commend you in front of Fire Nation for that. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Hey, can I can I give a few basic principles of how everybody can make their communication more fascinating? Oh, please do. Um, first of all, one of the key principles for us to remember as entrepreneurs is that it's better to avoid putting yourself in front of clients than to waste their time with weak communication. Every time you communicate, you are either adding value or you're taking up space. If you don't have anything to say that can add distinct value to your listener, to your prospect, to your customer, then don't get in front of them. Because when you do, if you, if you, if you ask for somebody's attention, you're asking for the most precious non-renewable resource, their attention span. People have become incredibly protective of their attention span. So if you ask them for their attention, you better be ready to deliver value in return. And if you're not delivering that value, then you become human spam. And <laughs> we Seriously. all know we all know people <laughs> that are kind of the equivalent of human spam, that they, they train us to not listen to them. They train us that their messages are not going to be valuable. And if they show up in our inbox, we delete them without even reading it. But if, they, if it's in a meeting, if they raise their hand to speak, we kind of tune them out. So it, 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 in business, one of the key factors today is understand how is your communication most likely to be perceived as being distinctly valuable so that you're saying or doing something that nobody else could do. You're not a commodity. Instead, you're speaking in such a, such a clearly focused niche that only you have that specialty. 
And I'm not just, I'm not just talking about a specialty like um, a, an area of study. I mean a personality specialty. So every time I communicate, I want to fascinate my listener. I want them to be so captivated they don't want to turn their attention away. Every single person who's listening has a personality specialty. Just like you might go to med school and specialize in, in orthopedics or, in, or internal medicine, your personality has a way that you're most likely to make your listener perk up and listen and take action. And you have to be able to identify what is the value of your, of, of, of your personality. Because if you're, if you're not adding that value, you're just taking up space. And if you don't know your value, then you can't expect anyone else to know it either. Well, Sally, I am truly captivated. I'm having a hard time playing host here because I just want to play listener and just soak it all in and write it all down. So I can't wait to go back and re-listen to this interview over and over again. And one thing I want to move to right now, because you do have so many exciting things going on. You've pivoted in different directions and moved forward there. I want you to share with Fire Nation one thing that's just really exciting you right now. Oh, I totally have my example on the tip of my tongue. I'm ready. In one week, literally one week from the day that you and I are talking right now, John, I'm going to be turning in the manuscript for my new book. And I've been working on this for three years. And one of the, I, I say this not as an author, I say this as an entrepreneur that when you've been, when you've been nesting on an idea and percolating and tweaking and, and then you finally get to release it out into the world, it's, it's, it's an incredible feeling, isn't it? Amazing. Yeah. And so this summer, when I write, I like to be able to really get, get deeply inside of my ideas. And so my, my husband and I took two weeks and we went to Tuscany and we completely unplugged and uh, we just got up early every morning and I just wrote and wrote and wrote. And now I'm in, I'm, I'm back in that writer's mode. I'm sitting here talking to you from my beach house in New Smyrna Beach, totally unplugged. And it's so inspiring for me to be able to talk to you right now while I'm finishing this, because you're reminding me of my favorite concepts that, that you talk about all the time on the podcast and that your guests talk about that, uh, that, that are um, woven into the book to help me articulate it better. The name of the book is How the World Sees You. And it's all about what we've been talking about today, discovering your highest value through the science of fascination. And it's based on these studies that my company's been doing for the last three years. And so I'm, I'm, now I'm, I'm sitting here weaving the whole thing together. And it's just, it's a cherry on top of that process to be able to talk with you. Well, Sally, you explained to me in the pre-interview exactly what state of mind you're in right now and the fact that you carved out this 35, 40 minutes to speak to Fire Nation, to entrepreneurs literally around the world who are just soaking up this information and literally applying it. I know that they're going right now to howtofascinate.com to really further their understanding of how they fascinate is so impactful. So again, I just want to take one quick second here and say thank you. Oh, I am so grateful to you. I love what you stand for. I love the work that you're doing. And the entrepreneurial process can be incredibly lonely, just like the process of writing a book. There are a lot of times when you, there, isn't a, there isn't an owner's manual to a business that doesn't exist yet. And we have to make these decisions on we go, uh, as we go. And it's, it, it's great to be able to have somebody like you as, as a maestro of the community and of this conversation to be able to, to lead us in the right direction. Thank you for that. Well, I appreciate your appreciation, Sally, and I'm not letting you go yet because we are going to thank our sponsors and then we have something special cooked up for you, Fire Nation. Did you just hear that? I could have sworn someone said something about a free audiobook. 
All right. I almost forgot to tell you that audiobooks.com is offering Fire Nation your first book for free at audiobooks.com slash fire. Don't worry, no strings attached. With audiobooks.com, you can listen instantly anywhere from your Apple or Android device or straight from your PC or tablet. With a great online library of over 40,000 titles, including several of the best business book recommendations you've heard right here from top entrepreneurs, you're sure to find those titles you've been meaning to read for years. Audiobooks.com also offers great membership benefits like one audiobook per month plus 33% off each additional title you listen to. You can even preview as many books as you want for free to ensure you're only getting the ones that you enjoy listening to. Get your first book for free at audiobooks.com slash fire. The name isn't that convincing when you're thinking small, boutique. They sound like a pretty big deal. They have all kinds of experience and specialize in lots of things that other law firms probably never take a second glance at. Who am I talking about? Walker Corporate Law, where their mission is to protect entrepreneurs and help them succeed. At Walker Corporate Law, they recognize that entrepreneurs are a special breed with special needs. That's why they're always available via email or cell to help you out, and they pride themselves on responsiveness, attentiveness, and a passion for practicing law. Sound pretty good? I think so, too. They also have a crew of lawyers who all have at least 10 to 25 years of experience. No junior lawyers getting on-the-job training in their house. If you're looking for a boutique corporate law firm who is ready to get to know you and your business, then contact the founder, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com today. That's scott at walkercorporatelaw.com. We have reached my favorite part of the episode, yeah. which is the lightning round, because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions, and you come back at us, Fire Nation style, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Bring it on. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I hadn't figured out exactly where I wanted to put all my energy, and I felt safer working inside of a company. In that case, it was an advertising agency. But once I found that 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 vein, I could mine it, and I, I turned it into my not just my business, but my life. That I, who I am and what I do are virtually indistinguishable from each other. Oh, love that. What's the best advice you've ever received? aspire to be the dumbest person in the room. Yes. <laughs> if you're the smartest person in the room, it means you're not playing your A game. You want to be the dumbest person in the room, the one who's failing, the one who's struggling to keep up. Because when you do that, that's when you're going to be able to push yourself to the next level. Love that. Can you share one of your personal habits, Sally, that you believe contributes to your success? Caffeine, a lot of it. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with that habit of mine. Sometimes I feel like <laughs> it's mandatory. Sometimes I feel like it's just making me crash out. <laughs> yes. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? We have a lot of internal communication. And lately, we've been using Rike, W-R-I-K-E. It's like a base camp, but it sends us reminders so that we can, uh, we have found it, it, it does no good to talk about a project if there isn't going to be implementation and execution on the project. I'm not good at implementation and execution because as we discovered, I'm, I'm a catalyst. So I'm good at starting things, but we need to have a system to manage to make sure that, uh, that the projects don't just get started, that they get completed and completed well. So I can, we're big on a accountability right now. And the tool that we're using is Rike. 
first time that it has been suggested on Entrepreneur on Fire, which on the 400th episode doesn't happen very often. So thank you for that, Sally. And Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to this resource and everything that we've mentioned in today's episode at eofire.com slash Sally Hogshead. Sally, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? Last night, I saw uh, David Sedaris in concert. Are you familiar with David Sedaris's work? He's a he 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 he's a he's a, a comedy writer, um, but he's got this this just viciously funny satirical wit. And um, I I made a point to go and listen to him because he's so not a business author. I think it's important for all of us to find perspectives that challenge us and that push us. That um, so we don't just become um, entrepreneur geeks that are all reading the same books. I'm probably reading the same books that you are, and I love them. But I I, I like being able to go out in the lunatic fringe of the bell curve and find things that, that provoke me to um, almost shock me to stop thinking about things the same way so that I can look at it from alternative perspectives. So, uh, so the book that, that I'm reading right now is David Sedaris's Me Talk Pretty One Day. I love that you suggested that book, Sally. In fact, 200 episodes ago, I took away the word business from if you could recommend one book for our listeners because I really wanted people like yourself to feel like they could go out of that business category and really expand their mind frame and step outside of the box as well. So great book and Fire Nation. I know you love audio. So if you want the audio version of this book, go to eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. So, Sai, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So, take your time, mm-hmm. digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world. It's identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I feel like I've been in that position a few times of, of starting over. And what I would do in the next seven days is to, to take stock of what are the advantages that I have in this new world? What is it that I can do differently and better? If everybody out there is incredibly well-educated, then I need to figure out a way to use creativity. If everybody out there is incredibly good at social media or technology, then I need to find a way to craft words and language in a more old school way. I would figure out what is my key advantage to unlock opportunity in this new world. And what I've found that I always come back to, I can never go wrong, is that when I can show somebody else what makes them fascinating, in other words, not talking about myself, but helping somebody else see a possibility within themselves, something that they can do that's their, it's their shining star, something about them that, uh, that, that if they can bring that out and apply that to their work and use it, that they can become more successful. That's what I would build my business around. Well, Sally, by doing that, there is no doubt that you would truly fascinate this entire new world, just as you're fascinating this one. And so I just want you to give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance. Share with us the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Oh, I love when people connect with me. The best way to connect with me is probably on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash how to fascinate. And you can reach our team. Uh, We have an incredibly awesome, friendly team at hello at howtofascinate.com. I'm also on Twitter at Sally Hogshead. 
Sally, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that we've mentioned in today's episode by going to eofire.com. Click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or just type in Sally in the search bar and your show notes page will pop right up. And I just want to thank you, Sally, for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, John, I have one last thing. I have a little surprise idea. Let's do it. I want to give Fire Nation a gift. Uh, Let's say the first 500 people who go to howtofascinate.com are going to get a free fascination advantage assessment so they can find out how the world sees them. And uh, I'm going to give you the code right now. You ready? Yes. It's howtofascinate.com slash VIP. And there's going to be a place where you can put in the secret private code. And that code is going to be fire. 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 (laughs) Kerosene. (laughs) So when, uh, so people will be able to, the first 500 people are going to be able to log in to answer the 28 questions on the assessment. And they'll immediately get this 15 page uh, report that's going to tell them exactly how the world sees them, what their competitive advantages are as entrepreneurs, and how they can become more valuable to their clients Wow. Well, Fire Nation, thousands and thousands of you across the world listen to Entrepreneur on Fire the minute it comes out. And there's only 500 of these. So don't hesitate. Take action. Howtofascinate.com slash VIP. Offer code FIRE. You can find these links as well on the show notes page for Sally. Sally, you are so amazing. And one more time, I can't wait to catch you on the flip side. Mm, See you there. A community where fellow podcasters can exchange reviews, ideas, and the latest tips and tactics. An ever-growing library of incredible video tutorials going over everything from editing to sponsorships to iTunes SEO. Private webinars where industry experts share their tips and tactics. Where is this wonderful place, you might ask? Podcastersparadise.com is the answer. Head on over there today to find out more. That's podcastersparadise.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 